0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Back Row Redskins Show. On this episode, we're going to talk about the latest rumors, the latest news on all things Washington. This episode is presented to you by Vare. Vare was founded with the goal in mind of building an affordable everyday wristwatch with blends of tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vare returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vare is the true American watch company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vare is offering now to my listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. That's P-O-D-G-O 15. Go to VareWatches.com. That's V-A-E-R Watches.com to learn more and to get your timepiece today. Hey guys, man, uh, let's get into this episode. So I wanted to kind of touch base on two uh, players that were rumored to us. Um, One has been a guy that has been rumored to us for a while now, and that's Riley Riff. He is the uh, left tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, started his career with uh, the Lions, I believe, and then signed with the Vikings. And they've been there for a few years now. So There was some drama because, you know, the Vikings have to pay Dalvin Cook. So in order to pay Dalvin Cook, they have to create space. Um, So they contacted Riley Riff and told him, hey, you know, we want you to reconstruct your contract. And Riley was like, nah, man, I I earned this money. Why should I reconstruct my contract? So they told him, hey, you got two options, whether you reconstruct or we can ship you out. We can trade you or we can cut you. So. Um, a few days ago, Raleigh riff was telling his teammates goodbye and he was really emotional and telling them, Hey, I've loved playing here. I've enjoyed the brotherhood, blah, blah, blah. So then today, um, you know, there were speculations that he might be getting cut and, um, he ended up not getting cut. He ended up, uh, reconstructing his contract and he probably lost maybe 3 million from the, uh, from the original deal. But, I remember when we were trying to trade Trent Williams to the Vikings, it was a possibility that, you know, we trade Trent, maybe we get back a third or a second and then get this player back in return. Then that didn't happen. So, with our whole left tackle situation with Sadiq Charles and Jerron Christian, uh, Cornelius Lucas, it just seems like we don't have enough. We don't have enough there at that spot. So, what we decided to do was uh, we actually traded for a guy today um, from the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> it's going to take some time to, uh, to uh, get used to. I'm not used to calling them the Las Vegas Raiders, but um, this guy, we traded a sixth round pick. Um, his name slips my mind. Um, I'm sorry. He's not a guy that's that's popular by any means, but he's definitely going to fill that role for us in terms of, you know, having a player that can come in and compete. Um, They said that he's a good swing tackle. Um, His name is David Sharp. He he can play both the right tackle position and the left tackle position. Um, So that's what we brought in. We traded a sixth round pick and. With us trading that sixth-round pick, that means that this guy is almost a lock to make the team because if he would have gotten cut by the Raiders, we were number two on the waiver order. So it didn't make any sense for us to trade a sixth-round pick to get him. But maybe that the team that has the number one waiver position might have put in a claim. So I'm guessing he's good. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, But I'm going to read to you guys what uh, John Kim has said – has said about this guy. So he said, the Washington football team announced today that they have acquired tackle David Sharp and a uh 20, seventh-round pick. Okay, so we give up a sixth and we get back a seventh. All right, it's not too bad. So he's not a lot to make the team. He can still get cut. Um, now, it said uh, Sharp is 6'6". He's 330 pounds. Um, he has played four years in the NFL, and he was a fourth-round pick. Pick number one twenty nine by the Raiders in two thousand seventeen. He has appeared in twenty four career games, and uh, he he has had four starts over that period. Um, Mister Sharp played collegiately in Florida and appeared in thirty three games with twenty six starts um, in his three-year career. So for me, I like the fact that he played in the SEC. When you play in the SEC, um, you, you play pretty good competition, regardless of who you play. You just know that you're going to be playing top competition, just like, uh, your boy, uh, Sadiq Charles. People say that Sadiq Charles has short arms, but guess what? He's played with those same arms in the SEC and he started in the SEC. So, um, also, Sharp attended uh Fletcher High School in Jacksonville Florida, and he was born in october twenty first nineteen ninety five I'm pretty sure you guys didn't need that last bit of info but I just wanted to kind of give you guys all that I've received um about this guy so like I said I don't know much about this guy um but what i'm what I'm hearing is that he's a good swing tackle um you can't go by how many starts somebody has, but obviously when you're trading a sixth or seventh round pick for a, a offensive lineman, it's most likely depth. That means that for you know, we don't like what we see, or we just need more depth. So with this guy coming in, there's projections that we're going to keep nine offensive linemen. So between Lucas and this guy, you need guys that can swing back and forth between the left tackle and the right tackle position. And then... We have to see what happens with Charles. Does he go into IR? Does I mean, you know, what happens there? Uh, How serious is his injury? So that was a player that we got in a trade. Um, We'll see how it pans out. The offensive line, it seems like we're just kind of throwing things out there and seeing what sticks. Um, We're definitely drafting more offensive line next year. Um, Depending on how Sadiq Charles looks, we might have to draft another left tackle. Matter of fact, I know that we will draft a a, uh, left tackle, and then let's see what Jerron Christian does. But anyways, um, another rumor that has uh, taken place is uh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette just got released by the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday, and the internet went crazy because last year he had over 100 targets and caught over 70-something passes, and then he had 1,600 yards from scrimmage. That's... Probably better than all of our running backs last year combined. So there's rumors that why not Leonard Fournette? This is why I say no. I say no on this. Now, had we traded for him before the draft or during the draft for maybe like a fifth or sixth round pick, then okay, it makes sense because he was still on his rookie deal. So let's say we get Leonard Fournette. And then at the time, we still had Darius Geis and who we invested in. And then when Darius Geis got released, if we didn't trade for Leonard Fournette, then, then it still didn't make any sense. You still had Adrian Peterson, J.D. McKissick, and, and then you drafted you know, Antonio Gibson in the third round. So let's see what he can do. So the reason why I say no to Leonard Fournette, even if he's coming for the veterans minimum deal, is because we've already invested so much already in the running back position. And then don't forget Bryce Love, who you drafted a couple years ago for a fourth round pick. So let's see what we have in the guys that we have. Then you can make a case for, well, why is Adrian Peterson still here? Adrian Peterson brings stability. Yes that yes Adrian Peterson is not a Scott Turner type guy, but guess what? He brings stability and he's the best running back that we have on the team. He has the experience. So to go ahead and bring in Leonard Fournette at this stage in the season, you know, learning the playbook and all that, uh, you know, it's not going to hurt the team but it does not necessarily help the team. This year is more of about um, assessing the players that we have and seeing if you know some of these running backs can be part of the future plans. Now, there's been talks about Bryce Love being cut. Um, he's not going to be cut. If anything, you give Bryce Love some time to get on the field and see what you got in him before you cut him. So I, I don't see him getting cut. I think that Bryce Love makes the team – at least he's going to get an opportunity to prove that he belongs in the NFL. Not only that, to prove to prove to the world that he's healthy and that he can be effective. Um, he was a good back while he was in Stanford. Uh, that Just that injury took him out. So let's see what we got in Bryce Love. Um, Antonio Gibson has been getting a lot of love, man, a lot of love. There, There's talks that he can be the bell cow towards the end of the season. Um, but the way that, his, that he's built – I don't know if he's really ready to absorb these hits that he's about to take in the NFL. NFL is a different ball game. I understand what he did in college was phenomenal, but the NFL is a different ball game. And then Peyton Barber, what happens there? He's very similar to Adrian Peterson. So if we keep five running backs, great. But if we keep four, then maybe Peyton Barber is the one that doesn't make the So team. guys, every now and again, I like to pull up things from Twitter, what the fans are saying. So one guy said, It's necessary for the team that has no depth at tackle uh, to move Brandon Sheriff from guard to tackle. (laughs) Our biggest and highest paid lineman shouldn't be starting at right guard. So basically what this fan is saying is that he wants Brandon Sheriff from the inside to the outside. Now, what people fail to realize is that in college, Brandon Sheriff was Indeed, a tackle. But coming into the NFL, the scouts and the GMs felt that, hey, it might be better for this guy to move to guard. And he moved to guard and it has benefited his career. He has done very, very well as a guard. Another guy from the same draft, Eric Flowers, he was a tackle. <laughs> it didn't work out for him. Then he went, when, um, When the coaches for the Washington Redskins brought him in and moved him to left guard, everybody was complaining, oh, why are we bringing in Brandon Sheriff? Blah, blah. I mean, um, Eric Flowers, he sucks. He's a bust. Blah, blah, blah. We took that guy and we turned him into a valuable guard. And then we got him paid. Miami paid him $10 million a year. So sometimes you have to let the coaches coach and the fans It's it's good to have opinions, but it's also good to just watch and just let the let the guys do what they do. So uh John Kim replied to this guy, and he was pretty much saying, Okay, if you move Brandon Sheriff from guard to tackle, so so right now Brandon Sheriff is a pretty he's pretty much a pro bowler every single year. He's good, he's great at what he does, he's elite as a guard. Now we know he's had some down years the past few years, but he's still a very good guard. He's still one of the best guards in the NFL. It's very hard to find high quality offensive linemen. So when you have one, you reward him and you pay him, but that's not the point. So what John Kim said is if you move Brandon Sheriff from the inside to the outside, what happens is he's going to become a mediocre Tackle, especially left tackle. The left tackle position is way tougher than the right tackle position. So if you move Brandon Sheriff, who's a guard from guard to tackle, man, he's going to get ate up out there. He doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with some of these elite pass rushers. You know, I'm not saying that he can't do it, but he's not going to do it at an elite level. Then people are asking, well, how about Donald Penn? How about this guy? How about that guy? Let's just let the coaches. And the front office do what they do. We just have to, like, stand behind our guys. Of course, have your opinions. Of course, be mad. Because, I mean, obviously, we we haven't had results. We haven't had success. But moving Brandon Sheriff to tackle Alvin is Kamara is one of the mystery. better backs in the NFL. And when these running backs get into these disputes about contracts, it I mean, it gets crazy. You've seen Dalvin Cook and his threat for holding out. You've seen what happened to Le'Veon Bell. You've seen what happened to Melvin Gordon. So when the news came out from Josina Anderson, shout out to Josina Anderson for shutting down the Internet today, man. For those of us who play fantasy football, um, a lot of us own Alvin Kamara. So when Josina Anderson made that news saying that um, the Saints are willing to trade Alvin Kamara, the Internet went crazy. Not only did the Internet go crazy – Washington football slash Redskins Twitter went crazy. All I was seeing was the Redskins should go after Alvin Kamara, but they don't understand what comes with it. Yes, he's a young back who's heading into his fourth year, which is his last year. So he's in a contract year. So let's say that you trade for Alvin Kamara, right? You're probably going to give a third round, or maybe a second round. Initially, that's the initial thought, right? Then more reports came out saying that if the Saints were to trade Alvin Kamara, they'll want a first-round pick. Uh Uh-uh. With us being a team that's going to be fighting for wins, that means that we're drafting at least in the top 15. Okay? It's okay to think that we are. Now, is Alvin Kamara worth a top 15 pick? How many running backs were drafted in the top 15 last year? All right, that's exactly my point. So I say this to say it just doesn't make sense trading for a running back right now. And same with um, Leonard Fournette, you know. So if we were, okay, let's say I've seen this on Twitter. Let's say you trade uh, Antonio Gibson and a third-round pick for Alvin Kamar. Somebody said that's the worst thing that could happen. All right, well, let's look at it this way. Scott Turner and the coaching staff drafted a running back with Kamara-like skills because of what we like to do. Now, I'm not saying that Kamara is not going to fit into the system that we have. The system that we have actually does fit Kamara, but it just doesn't make any sense. Let's say we trade a second-round pick. Then, are you willing to pay Kamara $14 million a year? Are you willing to pay him 12, million, million a year? So, I mean, we have guys under rookie contracts. Let's see what they can do. Then we can worry about, okay, let's go trade for this guy or that guy. Not only that, we have Brandon Sheriff to pay. You know, we're going to have Jonathan Allen coming up. In a few years, we're going to have Sweat and Chase and all these young guys. you got to pay them somehow. There's a reason why Alvin Kamara has not gotten paid yet. Why? Because the uh, the New Orleans Saints have a very expensive roster. You can't pay everybody. You draft people and then you, st- then you strategically pick who you want to pay. So I'm saying this. I, I don't see the Redskins trading for Alvin Kamar. There's like a less than 1% chance this happens. And if it does happen, It'll be a move that I'm scratching my head on why did we make this move. I'm not saying that Alvin Kamara is not a good player. He's a great player, but it just does not make any sense. And then also, running backs are so fragile, they don't last long anymore. And then he's a smaller guy. So it's not like we're drafting Alvin Kamara to come out here and be a bell cow. He can't be a bell cow at that size. You know, he's a compliment back who can produce – Top numbers in the years that Alvin Kamara has been in the league, he has never had a season of a thousand yards rushing. But he does get things like you know sixteen hundred yards from scrimmage. You know he's he's always anywhere between thirteen to sixteen hundred yards from scrimmage. I'm not disputing that. That's amazing. But Kamara to the Redskins just does not make any sense. So uh, let's just put that talk away. Um, you know, have your opinions, have fun with it, but at the same time, let's be realistic, y'all. Alvin Kamara is not coming to the Redskins. Sorry, Washington football. It's going to take me a while to get used to this, man. At the end of the day, there's still the Redskins to uh, me. The linebacking position is so deep right now that we can have a number of guys make the team. Uh, you got guys like Bostic out there and Sean Deion Hamilton. There's rumors or there's you know there's talks that Sean Dion Hamilton might be the starting middle linebacker. Well you can make a case for a guy like Cole Cole Holcomb. So I mean there's so many guys that we have. You have Kevin Pierre Lewis. You have uh um the old guy uh man his name slips my mind uh Davis Sr. You got Davis Sr. out there so there's so many linebackers that even Khaliq Hudson, you know, that's another guy, but he's going to more so stick on the special teams and work his way up into like meaningful snaps. But, um, so there was a post by John Kim, um, a few days ago. Well, somebody tagged me in the post and then they said, uh, what do you think happens to Ruben Foster? So, um, I was like, well, right now he's playing with the third stringers, you know, he's not physically there. He's not ready you know, and it's nine days to football. It's, you know, a few more days to Redskins football. So with all that speculation and what can happen, what can't happen, and then the 53-man roster is due this Saturday. So time is running out. So I thought, you know, this is a learning process for me, I thought that Ruben Foster can go on a pub list and then we can bring him in, you know, let's say week week six or week seven, you know based on those rules but i was informed that you can't you can't practice and then put a player on a pub so that was a learning experience for me so i learned something new That's that's amazing so that means when you practice if you practice you're not eligible for that pub you know that pub is for guys like for example Alshon Jeffries he has not practiced at all during his offseason so he's he's that he he is pub eligible so what that means is he'll go in that pub and then he'll be able to be You know, activated, I think at the earliest week seven, if I'm not mistaken. So, for the fact that guys like Alex Smith and Ruben Foster have practiced, they're not uh, pub eligible. But what they are is IR eligible. So, my whole thing is so if you put a guy in IR, then what happens? Does that mean that he's out for the year? Does that mean that he's not eligible to return? So, then it's kind of like, okay. We've had Ruben Foster for two years now, and for two years, he hasn't played. So now, having him again not play, is that beneficial to the team? Okay, if he's on an IR, and then I don't even know what's going on with his contract situation, I think this is his fourth year. Don't quote me, but I mean, there's just so much going on there. So it's almost like if he's not ready, why not cut him and give that position to somebody who is ready? But then it's like, you've invested so much in him, the IR is not going to hurt. Why not keep him, you know, get him, you know, ready for him to be finally healthy and able to be a part of the team and be beneficial to the team? Now, I remember when we uh, had Junior Galette, I mean, Gallette. So we had him, you know, on the roster for two years on the IR, and he didn't play. Then by the time he came back, he played that one season, and then he was gone. You know, we couldn't resign him because of the contract dispute. So it's kind of like you invest and you you invest and you invest. When do you cut ties with a player? For me, I'm personally pulling for Ruben Foster. I like him as a human being. Um, he's changed. I know he's had some, some, some troubles in the past and everything, but he's definitely changed. He's definitely become a, a new person. I don't know him personally, so I can't speak about his personal life. But from what I see, I see that he's a good guy right now. And um, he's very humbled. Uh, because he almost lost football and then he was, he was still able to be given an opportunity. So he even talks about being so low at his lowest point in life and even contemplating retiring from football because he didn't know if football was going to be taken away from him. Like it's it's one of those things where you have a major injury and you don't know how you're going to bounce back. So I say all this to say that Ruben Foster, I hope he makes a team. Um, and then it depends. Are we keeping seven or eight linebackers? All these things factor in because the guys you keep on the roster have to be, you know, able to play special teams and do different things. A fifty-three man roster is so tough, and then it's like, okay, do you keep Ruben Foster and, and then you take Kalique Hudson to the practice squad? You know, there's so many scenarios, but I'm pulling for the guy. I hope he makes a team. Um, I hope that he can, you know, be a factor for us some point this season. So we'll see what happens with Reuben Foster. I'm going to talk about the scrimmage from Sunday, and I want to highlight five players that stood out from that scrimmage. So obviously you got Chase Young, who has been standing out every single time that he's on the field. So uh, there was a play where uh, Adrian Peterson was trying to bulldoze his way through the line of scrimmage, and then Chase Young exploded off that line and completely swallowed Adrian Peterson, and he slammed him on the ground. And I mean, this is Chase Young manhandling Adrian Peterson, a former MVP, a future Hall of Famer. Now, I get it. I get it. Adrian Peterson is old. Adrian Peterson is older. Blah, blah, blah. But Adrian Peterson is one is one physical specimen. Adrian Peterson is a guy that um, when he hits you, you go backwards. So for Chase Young to be able to do this to Adrian Peterson, I mean, I wish that I seen this video, uh, but it's like just this moment has been going crazy on our Twitter. Uh, So, I mean, even Chase Young talks about this. He's like, man, this is a guy that I grew up watching. This is a future Hall of Famer. And to be able to do this, I mean, of course he's humble, but then at the same time, it's like, man. I mean, Agent Peterson is no joke, and we've seen Agent Peterson for the last two years. He continues to do amazing things, so that's just a good sign that um, Chase Young can not only pass rush, but he's going to be a guy that helps us stuff the run. We got the Eagles coming up, and then we got Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is not an elite running back, but he definitely has a lot of upside. He's definitely a talent. You know, Obviously, he's not on Zeke's level or Saquon Barkley's level yet. But at the same time, let's see what our run defense looks like. I'm very curious to see if we're going to be a team that can stop the run. If we can stop the run, then the sky's the limit for this defense. So the next player on my list that stood out was Antonio Gibson. We all know Antonio Gibson drafted from Memphis third round. He made big plays. Every time he touched the ball, he was gone just about. So, you know, he can run routes from the backfield. He can run routes from from the, from wide, from the slot. So he's been showing a lot of his versatility during this uh, off season. And um, he's not no little guy, you know, but at the same time, I don't know how his body is going to, uh, you know, take these hits. Um, I think there was a play where, you know, not from this Sunday scrimmage, but there was a play during this off season where he got a hit and he was just down, you know, because he's not used to the physicality of the NFL, you know it's something that rookies have to learn and also the speed of the game is different yes he was breaking out and running and doing all these amazing things in college even though it's Memphis still it's still he still dominated his competition but at the same time the NFL speed everybody is just as fast you have linemen that are fast like Montez Sweat you have you know corners and linebackers i mean the NFL is full of physical specimens so antonio gibson his biggest thing is going to be um, learning the speed of the game and learning the physic- the physicality of the game. So, but he did, he did stand out. He played very, very well. Um, even though he might not be the main back, but I expect him to, to be a big part of the offense. He's going to be getting a lot of snaps. Um, the coaches are raving about this guy. So it's, let's see the kind of volume that he gets when the season starts but I definitely think he's going to be a guy that that's going to get a lot of work. People have been asking about Antonio Gibson about, you know, does he come in and make an impact in fantasy football right away? I, all I know is he's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to he's going to be targeted a lot in the passing game, but I don't know if it translates to a nice sizable um um, you know, stats. We haven't, we, we haven't seen preseason. So I really can't even answer that question. Um, so, you know, he, but he does know how to, you know, find the holes and, and run and he can accelerate. Um, he uses his power when he can. So another guy that impressed in that Sunday scrimmage was Cam Sims. Cam Sims is one of these guys that breaks out every year in camp, man. Every year we've been saying, Oh, the Cam Sims show. And is this the year that he finally has an impact on the team? He does have nice size, um, decent hands, but it's, it's the health issue, the focus issue. And I don't know if he has the talent um, to really stick. I, I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, we have cut guys like Darwin Kidzie. There will be more cuts. We signed Tony Brown. I know nothing about Tony Brown. So, Cam Sims definitely has a chance to be the fifth, maybe sixth receiver on the team. He definitely has experience with the team. But then with a whole new offensive uh, uh, coaching staff, all that stuff means nothing. You're going to have to earn your place with this group. But, yeah, Sims was able to haul, you know, deep bombs down the sideline from from uh, Kyle Allen. So, you know, he made one of the most eye-popping catches of the day. So, I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this over and over during preseason. Cam Sims is the man, homie. But then when you get on the field, you don't see him. You're out there looking for the guy and can't find him at times. Wes Martin is a guy that had a good scrimmage. Um, And the coaches have been talking him up. They've been talking him up. I know that, you know, the coaches have gotten guys like, you know, Joshua Garnett, uh, Keith Ishmael, who was drafted as a center, but he can play some guard. He can play some guard. And the coaches love his speed and his versatility. They like his shiftiness. I'm talking about Ishmael here. And then you have Chase Rullier, who also filled in at guard. So you see that these interior linemen are moving from right guard to left guard to center because you never know what could happen with COVID. You know, then on your roster, you're looking like, okay, how many guys can play guard? So it's kind of cool to see that these centers are being moved from different places. And, you know, you want to see a good pulling guard. That's 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 what the coaches are looking for. When these guards pull, are they able to create more holes for the running backs? If these guards pull, are they able to get some get some nice blocking down the field for a screenplay? They want to see their tenacity on the second level. When they get into that second level of their blocking, what do they look like? Can they move their feet? Are they shifty? Are they showing power? So Wes Martin is definitely making waves. He's pretty much, I want to say he pretty much already has that left guard uh, spot locked. But we'll see what happens. Another guy um, that was on the list, the last and final guy on the list, Jimmy Moreland, (laughs) the people's corner. Uh, This guy had back-to-back plays of breaking up passes. Um, I see him as our starting slot this year. Some people are saying Kendall Fuller in the slot. Some people are saying, uh, you know, uh, maybe Monroe on outside. And, 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 uh, uh, but see, Monroe, I haven't heard anything about Monroe being a starter this year. I've not even seen anything about him making waves or him being with the ones or anything like that. So Jimmy Moreland is really gearing up. I like his confidence. I like his tenacity. He's a guy, he's small, but he backs it up. He reminds me of like a Chris Paul in basketball you know that kind of guy that's small but is not afraid to mix it up you know so we'll see what happens um as he you know plays in that slot um you know with his with his 5'10 I mean 5'11 frame i know that he added some muscle this year cuz he's going to need it you know like i said the nfl is uh full of guys that that can play <laughs> there's nobody in a, in the nfl that can't play you know and if they can't play there was a time that they could play For them to get to this level, uh, they have shown that they're guys that can play. So Jimmy Moreland, outside of Washington, is not a big deal. But for us, we see the talent there. And it's going to take some time. And in this system, I think he shines even more. So Moreland has shined more than Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy Moreland has shined more than uh, guys like Fabian Monroe or even Greg Stroman. And those are two players that are competing to be the team's third corner. Guys, people say that Fabian Monroe cannot play on the inside. He probably can't. And then there are guys that say he can't play on the outside. Well, he's got to be able to play somewhere, you know, so we'll see if we keep Monroe moving forward when that contract comes up. But as far as the corners that we have, I see us definitely adding more. Uh, next year, whether it's free agency or whether it's through the draft. But Jimmy Moreland is definitely a part of the plan. He's definitely a guy that can give us some depth as well as some production. So we're going to see what happens. He's getting smarter. He's kind of looking at what he did last year. Um, last year, it seemed like he was not uh, – like he didn't really realize how how physical the game was or even the game speed. So this year, a whole year to kind of like – Let things sink in. I'm pretty sure he was working out during this whole quarantine process, but he seems uh, uh, more focused this year. I'm seeing a much, uh, uh, much uh, uh, focused Moreland. Even how he tweets now is a little bit different from what he was tweeting when he was a rookie. So I'm excited to see what uh, Jimmy Moreland is going to give the team. So, guys, as I wrap up this pod, I just wanted to kind of hit on a few more news and notes uh, for the team. Uh, the team decided to honor Sean Taylor and also honor Joe Gibbs. The team renamed uh, the main road into FedEx field after the late Sean Taylor. Man, rest in power, my brother. And also um, the road that leads into the practice facility, they, they have changed that into Joe Gibbs Drive. So what a way to, you know, honor two guys and, you know, Fans are never happy about anything. I saw one fan talking about, well, it would have been better if they did it, if they did, you know, if they honored these guys as Redskins and not Washington football team. It doesn't matter. We're still the same franchise. Nothing has changed besides the name. But I get where they're coming from. But at the same time, it is a great gesture by the team. So I'm excited for the season. Um, I got some good things coming up. There's going to be a Redskins or Washington football team roundtable Coming up, I got some very good friends that are um, in the Washington football arena in terms of writing articles and creating content, uh, some podcasters, uh, some guys who have shows, and um, it's going to be a good time. So I'm going to bring on the next episode uh, four to five guys um, that, um, that know Washington football. And it's going to be a good time. We're going to go through uh, the schedule. We're going to go through uh, some bold predictions. We're going to go through some some pre-game analysis of – um, that Eagles matchup in week one. So we got so many good things coming up, man. I just want to appreciate you guys for continuing to support. Uh, please share this podcast with as many people as you can. Um, if this if this uh, content brought you value, uh, please share it. Uh, be sure to um, subscribe, like, rate on Apple. Uh, please follow on Spotify and any other platform that you're listening from. Um, also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at back row Redskins. Um, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. You guys remain safe.